morning, Twin Cities. Good morning, pet appreciators, and welcome to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's great spending Sunday mornings with you. I'm so glad that you're listening. It's me, Kathy Menard, your host, co-host, I should say, along with um, the other co-host, Dr. Nicole Peralt, who's probably, maybe, calling in from her home in Wisconsin. Good morning to you, Dr. Nicole. How are you? Good morning. And yes, you are right. I'm at home, but I'm well. How about you guys? Good, good. I know it's been a few weeks since we've been live because of the, you know, the busy holiday season there over the 4th of July, but I hope everybody, you know, all of our listeners are well and and doing good and and um, again, I always want to say, uh, feel free to call in, pet appreciators. This sh- show is more yours than it is ours. So 952-946-6205. I know I have some topics that I certainly want to get to. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, right off the bat here, Dr. Nicole, um, I always love getting an update on where your rescue is at. Um, you know, just in terms of some of the dogs and cats that you've shared, you know, about. Um, and so I know that there's, especially uh, Petrie the dog, and then a couple weeks ago, there were a couple cats that had some, both of them had unique type surgeries and required a, quite a bit of extra care. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, right off the bat here, you know, when I think of you, I think of those animals, and I'm wondering how they're doing, if you don't mind just giving a quick update. Nope, I never mind talking about my babies. <laughs> um, but Petrie, first off, he is doing well. Um, he actually spent a couple days with me this past week, so that was always fun. Um, you know, his, his foster-to-adopt family had some stuff going on, but he is just doing so great. He's like 50, I think 55 pounds. Um, and you'll remember when he came to us, he was like eight pounds, but he was 17 weeks old. So he was emaciated and now he's this big, happy, beautiful German shepherd. So he's doing great. Um, the two kitties, uh, Cream Puff and Scout. Um, Cream Puff is the kitty that had the fractured jaw in two places and she had her jaw set with like these dental bonding splints and then it was wired on the bottom it's been a very, very, very long road, <laughs> um, a lot of syringe feeding and things like that. But I'm happy to say that in the past two weeks, she's been eating on her own like a champ. Um, and she actually goes in this week to have uh, sedation to see if she can have those uh, appliances all removed. So super excited about that. It's been a super long road for her um, and for everyone caring for her, <laughs> but mostly for her. Um, and little Scout, he is doing great. He comes you know, to and from work with me. Um, I can hear him upstairs right now, just blasting up and down the hallway. (laughs) Um, He is doing very well. He had his surgical consult last week with his surgeon and we're going to set up his surgery to repair his liver shunt. Um, So we're excited about that, but tiny bit nervous because, you know, there's a 15% chance, I guess, that these guys can go into like a, a fatal seizuring episode where you can't get them out of it and so when I heard that it kind of like stunned me because I, I can't imagine losing this little guy you know after he's been after everything he's been through and how well he's done but um <clears throat> excuse me his surgeon said that he's never seen it happen in a cat and he's only had like eight to ten of these surgeries that he's done in his career so it's super rare um so we're nervous but we know that that's the only you know chance at a real life that he can have so we'll be We'll be setting that up and um, starting a fundraiser. You know, his surgery is probably going to be three to four thousand um, dollars, and we've already spent that already just getting him back to the land of the living when we got him. Um, but he's doing so great. Like I said, I can still hear him blasting. He just did another run, <laughs> so he's uh, he's doing well. Well, good, good. And again, yeah. thanks to to you and to Tough Start for taking in these animals with such unique and sometimes pretty severe injuries um but I know that I mean I just know you and and knowing you through you know watching you through uh, watching you navigate through the whole rescue system and um you know if you see light at the end of the tunnel that dog or cat is going to go there with you you know and um and so I I just uh yeah, I, I'm just always amazed whenever you give an update and share stories and that kind of thing. So I, I appreciate that, um, you know, so much. There's, Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I am certainly not uh, somebody who's going to compare one rescue group to another, um, but I certainly uh, really see that in, in what you do. And, and there's a lot of good rescues out there, but I just, you know, really wanted to highlight Tough Start there and just, 
you know, the the amount of care and concern that you put into these animals is just so far above and beyond. Um, you know, there's so many rescues that would just say impossible, too difficult, don't have the staff, don't have the funding. So this this dog or cat is going to be put down. And, and I understand that too. Again, I don't want to judge that. But because you're doing that, I want you to be recognized for, for your efforts there. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, you know, there's so many rescue groups out there, pet appreciators. I mean, I can't even keep track of all of them. Some of them come and go. And some of them are just real steadfast and, you know, committed and, you know, have a really good network of volunteers and families that uh, I guess are called foster families. Yep, yep, foster families. And um, many of them have, you know, um, solid board of directors with a lot of experience, you know, in the nonprofit field and in the corporate field. And and I think that's all just a a wonderful asset to these these rescue groups. But I don't know if you saw the – oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, Oh, no, and that's, you know, I say thank you for all of your wonderful comments, but I definitely have to, I totally couldn't do this. We couldn't do this without our, our supporters and our fosters. I mean, just just this weekend, you know, Cream Puff is spending the weekend with one of our volunteers. Uh, we, <clears throat> we took in another cat with a urinary obstruction. Last weekend when I was actually out of town, they called me on my cell phone from one of the emergency clinics and said that this cat was about to be euthanized, and they'd called three other rescues, and you know, you're our last hope. And, and so we said, yes, you know, we'll take him. And so um, that's Jinxy and he's doing well, but he's with another volunteer over the weekend. And then we had another ER call us about some little kittens that were about to be euthanized. And so those are with another volunteer. So yeah, I couldn't, we could not do this without our, our networking system. It's just, they're a phenomenal group of people. So just want to make sure I added that for them. <laughs> oh yeah. And I know that you're not located right here in the heart of the city, mm-hmm. but, um, as long as you're talking about volunteers, maybe there's somebody out there that knows somebody, you know, that could help on occasion. And so maybe you can just give out that info real quick. Oh, yeah. So we, we take volunteers from all over. You know, we're, our clinic is in Isanti, but, I mean, I'm in Wisconsin. You know, the, one of the fosters this weekend that took cream puff, she's right in the area, like the St. Francis area. But the other ones are in, I think, Plymouth and Becker. I mean, so we're all over the place. Um, with fosters so as long as I always tell people that as long as you're fine transporting them to their appointments all the way up to our clinic that's the main thing for people um, then we're usually fine having fosters um, you know with at least maybe within an hour of where we are. Sure sure and you know along the lines of you know the the rescues and you know I I have I I have experience with rescues on a personal level and then on a professional level, but not like really overly sustained. Like I'm not like an expert in the field and I don't, you know, keep track of everything that's happening and, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I don't, yeah, you know, I'm just more generally observing and and sometimes on a personal professional level, I'll I'll interact much more deeper. Um, But then I go back to being general. And so I was surprised And I don't know, pet appreciators, if you were surprised at all, but does anybody out there read the Huffington Post or HuffPost is what what they call it now? But their main story today was about um, a rescue, the main story. You know, that's a national online publication, leans left politically, I should say, um, in case you're somebody who doesn't and doesn't want to, you know, go there or whatever, but... um, I was I was trying to read it, and clearly, I didn't have the time to to go over the whole thing. But maybe this is new to you, but it's, or maybe it's not. But it's new to me. And you know how there's always been this push, especially in the last what five to ten years, you know, of like regulating large scale commercial breeders, large puppy mills. You know, there's been a big push for that. And some states have um, adopted laws or policies or regulations a little more stricter than others. Um, but there's still quite a long way to go. Um, and maybe even on the national level, they're starting to do some things or maybe have done something generally. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember. But um, it's interesting because there's this organization, I think it was founded like in 2014 maybe. But, you know... I would highly recommend reading the article if you are somebody who really is either who's, who cares a lot about rescues um, and the whole process of all that. Um, but I just thought naive. I, I, I'm naive. Me. I just um, 
I just didn't know this was going on. But anyways, there's a there's an organization, a nonprofit called National Mill Dog Rescue. I don't know if you've heard of that before, National Mill Dog Rescue. And I'm not here to judge them because I haven't thoroughly read the um, article. And um, but what they were doing from this from the sounds of it is is adopting out puppy mill dogs now. Tons of rescues do that, right? I bet even Dr. Nichols has done that before, gotten, you know, calls from, you know, places that are closing or maybe the Humane Society went in and rescued all these dogs from terrible conditions or cats. And then, you know, Humane Society often, they don't always keep them themselves. They often distribute, you know, to other rescues. And, um, you know, they don't always keep all of them themselves. But... um, so this place was working directly with a lot of these large-scale commercial breeders and quote-unquote rescuing these dogs and then turning around and adopting them out. But a lot of the questions in this article was, wait a minute, you're kind of skirting around the regulations then. I mean, all you're really doing is taking these dogs out, adopting them. Maybe you're getting them for free. Maybe you're not. But they're certainly not getting the same kind of high-quality veterinarian care and that kind of thing that most rescue groups do, such as Tough Start and many, many, many others in the state of Minnesota and throughout the country. And we're going into commercial break. My bad on that part. I wanted to finish this whole sentence before the commercial break, but forgot to look at the clock. So stay with us, pet appreciators. I really want to know your opinion on this. Total Dog Company, you have the opportunity to shop local. We stock dog foods made in Minnesota and Wisconsin, such as American Natural Premium. Like all the foods we sell at Total Dog Company, American Natural Premium contains no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives, and no ingredients from China. It is premium nutrition without a premium price. Find Total Dog Company in New Hope right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. I'm back briefly from sabbatical to highlight idealists who speak truth to religious oppression. I'll talk about a Jesuit high school that's refused to fire a gay employee. And the big interview is with Minneapolis Reverend Dan Cullison, who's been defrocked for standing up for LGBTQ people. I've got a better vision of the world where everyone has a place at the table. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging in real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jason from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Matt McNeil here, and I love Rudy Luther because I love my Toyota Sienna, but I keep going back because of Luther's top-notch customer service. A great example, the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of 10 cents off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores and $5 off the works car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy in your Rudy Luther vehicle, which in turn makes me and many others loyal Rudy Luther customers. Find out more at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Atheists Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheists Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's good radio without the good book.
if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Both Kathy Menard and Dr. Nicole Perold are here. Uh, we're here, <laughs> your hosts here on the Pet Connection Show. If you're just joining us, we were talking about um, an article that's actually one of the top articles on HuffPost.com this morning, and it's about um, rescue, a rescue organization called National Mill Dog Rescue. And I'm just so curious, Pet Appreciators, to get your opinion on this because it, it basically this organization it's it it sounds terrific in many ways because they're they're uh, going to you know uh, large scale commercial breeders and and taking the dogs. Who knows if they're getting paid to take the dogs or not? You know, so these dogs don't um, get euthanized, um, and you know, doing some veterinary care, but veterinary care, but not necessarily really high quality. Um, and it sounds like, you know, these dogs are being transported across state lines and, you know, with each state, I'm sure that there's different rules and regulations of transporting animals, you know, especially ones that are going to be adopted from state to state. And, you know, not all the, this, this article anyways in HuffPost has claimed that, you know, some of the, the whistleblowers in this organization have claimed that not all the paperwork is up to date. Rabies shots have been falsified, you know, serious stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, so there's a lot of scrutiny and this is located somewhere in Colorado. I believe Colorado Springs, but I'm not 100% sure, but somewhere in Colorado. And I know that there's two agencies within the state of, you know, part of the state of Colorado, um, the state there, uh, state agencies are checking into this organization. Again, National Mill Dog Rescue. But what they're also talking about is even though it's in some ways, you know, it's great that they're rescuing these from all these breeders that, you know, are over full or, you know, they can't take care of all of them anymore. And it's great that they're, you know, doing this nationwide adoption thing. But really, in many ways, they're just enabling the whole system that is so corrupt and unfair to the dogs anyways. Like, so they take 50, 60 dogs from a commercial breeder. You know, whether they get paid to do that or not, or whether they're giving money to the breeder or not, basically what it does is it opens up another 50, 60 spaces for the puppy mill, the large-scale puppy mill breeders, to um, to continue doing what they're doing and avoid regulations, you know, that the states may or may not have for them. You know, so there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of, um, uh, you know, going against pet, regular pet stores that sell dogs because we know the, the situations with that. And so, um, you know, there's been a few states, I think California, that has just banned the sales of dogs and cats from, you know, uh, from pet stores, you know, just encouraging people to go to, to rescues or breeders that are reputable and, and following the regulations. But but it just seems like this puppy mill, according to this, this I'm sorry, um, National Mill Dog Rescue is really sort of, overstepping all those regulations and even though they may be doing some good um, adoptions out there they're sort of enabling you know the whole uh, commercial breeding industry you know going around all their their regulations for this and I'm I don't know if I've done a very good job of explaining it probably not but that's why I keep referring you to the article at HuffPost.com you know, just to kind of get your thoughts on that. And Dr. Nicole, I don't know, maybe, you know, you're so much more in the in the know on all this stuff. I'm wondering what your opinion is about this. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to read the entire article, um, but I know that a lot of, excuse me, a lot of the, the rescues that save puppy mill dogs um, are actually, at least to my knowledge, doing this at auctions. There's dog auctions where, all of these dogs are are available for auction, and they'll load up their vans. And so, they are paying for these dogs. So you know they're not being paid anything to take these dogs, especially from breeders and things like that. But they're actually paying to get them out of the system. Um, you know, so like some parents or some you know puppy mill moms that you know have just been bred and bred and bred, and they're old and sitting there. They're taking those animals, at least to my knowledge. Um, I, I don't know the inner workings of any of that, though. You know, I, I've i worked with a ton of, of dogs that have come from, from puppy mill rescues and things like that, and they're just the saddest little stories. It's like you can't almost blame anyone for trying to get them out of that lifestyle. Um, but, 
it is hard because when you, it's twofold for me because you, you see that you know, they're taking these dogs away, but like you said, it's not stopping anything. It's almost just allowing it to continue. But then on the other hand, it's individual for that dog who was saved and that one and that one and that one. So it's, I, I can't even imagine being, you know, around that because I'd want to take them too. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd want to get them out of there. Um, but I'd also know that it was too large for me to ever take, take on shutting it down and things like that. So yeah, such a mess. It's just, this is such a mess. I mean, that's, so that's my only knowledge, I guess, and thoughts on, on it from my standpoint. And there's way more dogs in rescue groups than there are homes available. I just don't know why. You know, these, well, this is just a dumb, naive thing to say. I just wish that there was some way that, you know, breeding could just stop for a while. Isn't that crazy? Me but, too. you yeah. know, just, just give the system a little bit of a break. Society cannot realistically take on all these pets. So, why just continue breeding them at such right. a large scale? Um, you know, and there's, I know that there's rescue groups throughout the country, and I think even one or two that have been highlighted in Minnesota, that rescue groups from, I'm sorry, rescue dogs from different countries, you know, so it's certainly not a unique situation for us. But I just wish that there was some more forceful, you know, regulation about that, because it's, I just don't see the... I just see it as being an oversupply, so to speak, you know, that there's just not enough homes for all these dogs and cats to go to and literally live the rest of their lives with, you know. Um, and, right. yeah, and it just the massive amounts of food that's needed to produce, you know, high quality food or any food really for all these animals has got to be just incredible. And, um, and you know, is it is it necessary that we continually breed these puppies and these dogs and cats just for profit, you know, when the demand isn't quite there, you know, <laughs> at all? Um, so I just, yeah, I just was thinking about that this morning when I saw that article and I just thought, oh, gosh, this problem is still there. You know, even with the different regulations and stuff different individual states have enacted, it's still there. There's still a terrible overpopulation problem and many people you know you know a lot of people who get dogs whether they're from a rescue group or or they get them from a breeder as a puppy they don't necessarily spend the rest of their lives with that they somehow many of them go back into the system even rescue dogs will go back into the rescue system again even though quote unquote they found their forever home so i don't know that's on my mind today pet appreciators if you have any thoughts about that please call and share um, again, that number. Well, I think I meant. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, how about if I just say the number, the number. going into yeah. a commercial break, <laughs> and then <laughs> you won't have to rush through your comment. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five, and we are going into another commercial break. Pet appreciators, pet appreciators, but um, please stay with us. More topics too, but but if you have anything on this, um, always feel free to to call in. So we appreciate that. So stay with us through the commercial break. Chances are, after spring cleaning, you missed a spot. A couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding. You'll likely get a gross residue. And your roof probably has some black streaks, too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding. Blue Sky's safe, soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house, roof, and siding clean starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home clean for only $447. Then mention AM950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447.
Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture, a single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stellion. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. Conquer the road trip family vacation. It's easy with the Toyota Sienna. The trick to road trips is to not get exhausted, and as a man who's been behind the wheel for 16-hour days, the Toyota Sienna makes those days comfortable. Roomy, relaxing, and a treat to drive, it makes the long day's drive easy. Highway driving, city driving, or country driving, you'll make it a memorable trip with a Toyota Sienna. And it fits all your gear. Test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today is mostly sunny with a high near 89. Tonight's partly cloudy, the low around 74. Monday, partly sunny with a high near 91. Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a high near 88. And Wednesday, partly sunny with a high near 88. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Crooner celebrates and pays homage to this era and the fabulous dining experiences it provided. For burgers, salads, and sandwiches, go to 6161 Highway 65, Northeast Minneapolis. More information at eatlocalminnesota.com. Welcome back, Pet Appreciators. Welcome back to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Dr. Nicole and I were just talking about um, large-scale puppy mill rescues, and I won't get into all of that, um, um, but I know that uh, Dr. Nicole had a comment and then our engineer had a comment as well. So, Dr. Nicole, what were you thinking? What, What did you want to share? Well, mine was just real brief, but I think a lot of people, you know, that a lot of breeders kind of, and I'm not... I'm not judging anybody, but a lot of breeders will say, well, you don't see, you know, these purebred dogs in rescue. And it's like, yes, we do all the time. Like I, I've said this before, the last four dogs that we've taken into our rescue in Tough Start have been papered purebred dogs. (laughs) So like the last four dogs have either been surrendered by their owners or brought to veterinary clinics and surrendered due to financial constraints. Um, so, so four, I mean, that that's a lot. And it, so I'm waiting for the next dog that we take into our rescue. Is it going to be just a regular, you know, Heinz 57? <laughs> or is it going to be another, you know, another purebred dog that actually comes with, you know, AKC papers and all of that? So it happens all the time. And I think that people are just unaware of the fact that, you know, it happens so frequently. I think that's a good point because whether you want a purebred dog or not, um, and whether you would, you know, adopt one or, you know, buy one right from the breeder or you get one through a rescue. The bottom line is um, people's life circumstances, including financial and including family members, um, can change at, at any time. And um, health issues can change at any time. And that's those are all the, the real determining factors on whether you are going to be able to keep your pet for you know, as a forever pet, you know, th- those circumstances in the future, you don't have any control over, you know. Um, but anyways, I wanted um, our engineer to, to Sam to. Yeah, uh, along the same lines, too, of actually what you were just saying, Dr. Nicole, my thought was that I think a lot of people who aren't aren't as educated on the topic or they just they just kind of want a dog, they don't put in a lot of research, like, hey, we want a dog and 
it's like those specialty dogs, like a pit bull or a, a husky, and they don't, they don't, they don't realize that maybe these that rescues have them, and they don't, or they don't, or maybe it's laziness even that they don't want to go out and look. They may think that oh, I have to look through all these different mixed breeds and everything to find it. Maybe I'll just go to the breeder because it'll be easy, but it just does such a disservice to the to the rescue dogs, I'd say. But I feel like maybe it comes out of like a mixture between ignorance and laziness, sort of, where they just they want their specialty dog, just go to the breeder real quick. It's almost like going to the store, like going to guitar center to pick up your guitar or something, you know, like that's, that's my thoughts anyway, I, or where I guess that that would maybe come from. Yeah. And boy, my mind was going a mile a minute when you were talking, Sam, because it's just like, in my mind, why, um, why do we always have to have every single breed, you know, born on a regular rotating basis all the time because there's a potential buyer out there. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, mass produced in case somebody wants that type of breed. And I I get that in some ways. And I get that, you know, the females only, you know, go into heat so often and, you know, they can only be paired up with certain types of males and you got to look up the genetic makeup. And is there, you know, one of the dogs that has, you know, showing signs of carrying more um, genetic disposition for hip dysplasia or something like that, you know, so I, I get, you know, that part, but why do we have to mass produce these dogs and cats all the time just for a potential, you know, a potential buyer somewhere in the country? You know what I mean? I don't know. My first guess would be money. (laughs) Probably. It's almost like, like I mentioned, it's almost like going to the store. It's like they got these, you got, you, instead of like, Target or Guitar Center, now you have your Pitbull store and your Husky store. And when they, they have more product or quote, because they're lives, they're not product, but in, in their minds, they think of it as product. Mm-hmm. And then they produce more than they need. And like, okay, well, we'll just send them off to the, the, the rescue. Like, oh, the Animal Humane Society or someone will take them. And really, that's just not the, it's not a really good thought process to be in, I think. But Exactly. And or, or the if they can't sell them at, at um, and give them off to, to pet stores anymore, then the National Mill Dog Rescue comes in. And then that's the whole center of this whole topic and that being a controversy, even though it does help. Like how, like when does, can it be, yeah, it's kind of like right there in the middle, spinning. Part of it is helping, part of it is controversy, part of it is enabling, part of it is helping. You know, like... But nothing really changes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like right. what? Ah you know what I mean? And, and and there's more and more, you know, dogs being produced. There's and then of course I won't go on my I'm not an expert on this, but you know, I feel very strongly about climate change and, and how that needs to be addressed. And, you know, just fortunately nothing overly super bad happened in New Orleans this weekend. It could have been a lot, lot worse. But you know, the lot, lot worse incident is just around the corner it's going to happen and there's going to be more dogs displaced and more people displaced and it takes literally 10 to 30 minutes to ruin everything be displaced put a whole family including their pets in turmoil and transition for a good couple years seriously it takes a couple years to get back you know it's not like you can suddenly rebuild and have insurance be pleasant and blah, 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 and everything work out, you know? And so all these, you know, there's the potential of of rescues being around and being needed desperately is still very strong. Does that make sense? Did I make sense? Right. No, exactly. You it it kind of makes me wonder, like, like you mentioned earlier about how they just, these pup, these puppy mills basically just push out dogs, whether people are buying them or not, like it, what would, what it would be different it, or what would be different if they say had like, if you had to all, if you really had to have your made to breed or whatever dog that you want, if, if you had to, if it wasn't already there for you, if you had to go in and like quote unquote, put in an order. And then in that time that they're actually breeding that dog specifically for you, you're also then required to put in like, get educate yourself on not only taking care of that dog and everything, but also educate yourself on, Hey, before we fully go through with this, maybe we should look at rescues and see if there is one that fits your needs without having to breed a new one. Like, and I mean, obviously I doubt that that 
any because that would require some type of law and i doubt that would ever pass but i wonder how that would change things just to kind of like you said even catch up sort of yeah yeah exactly and then i wonder too um Oh, I, I lost my train of that. But again, something you said, Sam, just made the the wheels of my mind spin. Um, oh, uh, like even when you go to a, a breeder, right, for a very specific breed, they usually make you sign a paper that says if you cannot take care of your dog, then you have to return them to the breeder. Well, because there's so many purebreds in rescues, no matter what they say, they're still in rescues. That doesn't necessarily follow through. And I don't know exactly why that is. Maybe Dr. Nicole knows why just ignore that from the breeder and ignore that piece of paper unless a breeder has gone out of business or you moved across the country and there's really not logistically. I mean, if you can't afford to keep your dog, you can't afford to ship them somewhere else. So, um, but then if these breeders are giving away or trying to get rid of the extra dogs, why return one to them? I don't get it. There's too many circles spinning around. It just doesn't make sense. Dr. Nicole, you want to make sense of that? <laughs> I sure wish I could, but no, I exactly, I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, for, like I mentioned, the last four dogs in the tough start have been papered AKC dogs that maybe, I don't know, but had clauses that said, you know, if you're unable to care for this animal, that it come back to us. I mean, I know our rescue has that, you know, we don't, if somebody can't take care of their animal, we we want it back. We will always take it back. I only say, I don't care if they're 20 years old. I don't care if they're diabetic. I don't care what they are, but we are committed to them for their whole life. And so I, I don't know. I, I, but I also know a lot of places that will not do that. Even rescues, they, they say, unfortunately, we don't have space right now. We can't take this animal back or, like you said, they're out of business. You know, they've they've changed their their whole system where they can't they can't support taking another animal in. So it's such a mess. And like you said, the circles are just turning and turning, and nothing's really changing. It's just really, really, really disheartening and very sad, very sad situation right now. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, the I only like way it. I've I ever heard of a dog a purebred dog going back to the breeder. Like, I never heard of that. Like, I've been in the dog walking, boarding, pet sitting, blah, blah, blah business now for a little over 21 years. And it was probably, let me think, um, maybe maybe five years ago, let's just say, give or take a year, where I was taking care of a, a dog, right? Because the, the mother, the owner, had to be hospitalized. And, you know, we're really busy and, you know, I'll take care of everybody. You know, that's my fault. And so I just like kind of always get in, you know, busy, 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 taking care of everything for everybody. And, uh, and you know, a month went by and another month and we're going on like three months, you know, and I, and I didn't really have the contact information for the owner. I just knew to go and get the dog because the owner was going to be going to the hospital. And so, and I found out about this through another client. And so, you know, it was like going on like three months and I thought, gosh, I haven't heard anything. You know, I know the person was really sick and there's probably rehab involved. You know, I remember years ago when my father was ill before he passed away. It's just a long process sometimes trying to get well or trying to get stable. Sometimes it you have a couple of different facilities that you have to go through just to get home. So that's what I was thinking. And so I finally called this client and, you know, I just said, gosh, you know, I still have this dog just wondering how the owner's doing, you know, nobody's paid anything or anything. I'm just taking care of this dog randomly here with my business. And um, and she said, oh, Kathy, you know, she she died month, a couple months oh ago. God. She was only in the hospital just for, you know, a few weeks. And here now we're a few months. And and somehow the dog got lost in the shuffle. And um, the adult children, you know, just kind of got, I don't know what they thought, but, but anyways, it all worked out. But the adult, uh, one of the adult kids said, oh, the dog, because I said, well, she's been here for three months, you know, I can just keep her if you want. She's adjusted and everything's fine. And, you know, with all my dogs, they're all clients that I either can't take care of them anymore or they, they've passed away. And so they just stay with me. But, um, but no, they said, absolutely has to go back to the breeder. That's what was agreed on. That's the first time I ever heard of that. So I just believed him. And um, 
and it was sad because I had developed a relationship with this dog. But say, Levy, right? You just kind of wasn't my dog. You just got to do what you got to do and be there to help when you can. So, um, so yeah. So that was that. But that's the first I've ever heard of it. And um, but I guess that's just the rule. I think with most breeders. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that I've heard of. I mean, I've, I've heard of it being. You know, I've seen it in the clauses. Like we see a lot of like puppy paperwork come through all the time, and I've seen it certainly in there, but but not a lot. I mean, I've 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 not seen a lot of breeders. My guess is that was maybe a a smaller type of yeah organization, more like family run. Those are the ones that I've seen say that we want our puppies back. You know, there's clauses that you can't actually breed them. You have to spay and neuter them, so things like that. So. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, a little learning experience for me. Another commercial break, pet, appreci- pet appreciators. Please stay with us. Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait, but waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your all-energy solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com. I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. A fantastic lunch is waiting for you at Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. Start with their delicious wings, Milton-style, buffalo, barbecue, or naked. Or try their famous barbecue rib nachos. They've got great lunch options, like their grilled sandwiches, the ribeye, the chicken, and the portobello mushroom. Try the fantastic fried egg with asparagus and kibata and their jerk chicken sandwich. Or change it up with a Milton's cob salad, a chopped jerk chicken salad, or their warm and satisfying soups. Lunch today will be delicious if you head to Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Friendly Crystal. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is having its annual store-wide sale. For the entire month of July, all of our indoor and outdoor fireplace products and accessories are at their lowest price of the year. At Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we display, explain, and install the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of indoor and outdoor stoves and fireplaces, including metal and masonry pizza ovens. I love my wood stove. We enjoy the sense of well-being we get by cutting and splitting wood to warm our home. Wood is our choice, but you may have other choices at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether transforming an existing fireplace or adding something new, a clean burning wood, gas, or electric fire can have you sitting pretty and cozy by the fire. Visit Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces today and find the right fire for you. Come see us. We have over 35 working displays in our store, which is just off I-94 at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, since 1977, out of the ordinary products and services to make fire work for you. Thanks for staying with us, pet appreciators. You know, I, I, I'll always welcome your calls. So if anybody wants to call in and, and, and join that conversation, we were just sort of wrapping up. If you have any, you know, anything else you want to add, always feel free to do that. But I did want to move on to another topic, and that was um, it's, it's it's a medical issue, and one that is new to me. I've never heard of it before, so I thought it'd be perfect to talk to Dr. Nicole about. But we've had a, a dog. Well, there's a dog um, who's been with us for boarding and field trips for years and years now, his whole life. And um, the last, I'd say six, during the last like six months maybe, 
you know, when he comes, he does a lot of sneezing. Not overly big deal. But like every fifth or sixth sneeze, a little bit of blood will will just kind of whip out of his, bloody mucus will whip out of his nose. And the first couple times, you know, I told the owners about and they were aware of it. But everything else is normal about this dog. Everything else. High energy, very playful, eats well, definitely getting enough water, blah, blah, blah. Um, not having any accidents, not withdrawing at all, nothing. It's just these bloody noses, like, you know. And um, I found out maybe a week ago that he, you know, that they have done some more thorough, thoroughly checking, you know, thorough checking, and it's it wasn't anything like stuck in his nose. You know how dogs can maybe get a small, tiny, tiny piece of a bark from a little stick or something in their nose or you know, a thicker blade of grass or something, you know. Um, but but what they decided, and, and I guess they did some thorough testing, was that he has a tumor, a tumor in his nose. And um, that was really sad, and I, I didn't know a lot about it. And, of course, it was I was just dropping the dog off after boarding, and, you know, the kids were there, and the mom didn't want to talk about it too much in front of the kids because, uh, you know, she hadn't told the kids about it yet, and so, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and and so then I I just you know left thinking that well I'll, I'll give her a call and find out more about it. But what do you know about that? I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. Is that common? Not common? Um, is it caused by anything in our environments, or is it just a, a weird place for it to grow? And sometimes it grows, or is it curable? Can you go in there with microscope type surgery? Or I mean. I have a million questions, so do you want to try to answer some of them? Touch on a call. Sure. Yeah, so it, I, I would say that it is fairly rare. I think in my almost, what, nine years of being a veterinarian, I've probably had myself maybe two cases of it. Um, and, and and the tumor is usually a nasal adenocarcinoma, so they're, they're kind of nasty. Um, and... The treatment would be radiation. So this would be a dog that would need to go um, and and just have a consultation with oncology. Um, they'd probably need a CT scan, um, and then they'd kind of go forward with you know radiation and things like that. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the your prognosis percentages and life expectancy, you know, after radiation and things like that are, um, but. You know, in the cases that I've had, the owners had not elected to go that route. And so, you know, we used a lot of medications. Um, there's like a Chinese herb that will put them on so that it stops bleeding, so that hopefully they don't have nosebleeds. And there's a ton of other medications that you can use just to try to keep the risk of bleeding down, um, you know, making sure that inflammation is kept down, infection is kept down, things like that. But it is a heartbreaking, heartbreaking cancer. It, I've seen it commonly in labs. Um, I should say in my two cases, both were labs. Um, and there are other things that can look like that. You know, there's fungal issues. And like you said, a foreign object or a foreign body. We've, we've had dogs come in with little pieces of stick or um, a piece of grass or like, a, like an on, a plant on or something up there. Um, and obviously those, yes, you remove it, they're completely fine. But fungal cases, you know, require a lot of medication, usually expensive medication, um, that those can be treated. It's the cancerous ones that are just so heartbreaking because there's, you know, like I said, aside from going big, you know, oncology, CT, radiation, all of that, there isn't a whole lot that you can do to do anything about it. You're, you're just you're using medications and things like that to try to manage the symptoms and to keep the dog comfortable. Why radiation in the nose, though? I mean, their their sense of smell is their greatest scent that they have for navigating the world. How can radiation... I mean, the nose isn't that big. I mean, they're bigger than ours, but you know what I mean? Like... How can how can you not cancel out their scent? You know their scentability. Would they lose that? Yeah, with, a, like their sense of smell. Would they lose that through radiation? 
you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, I know that, you know, usually in the cases that I've dealt with, the, the tumor is up in the nasal turbinate. So like the wispy fine structures, like in the nasal passage. So I, I can imagine that it's, it's possible that even with the tumor alone, that may have lessened their sense of smell. Um, my, I, I don't know though if, you know, after radiation, if that is something that comes back or if it's even something that they lose in general at all. I'm not sure on that. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, and and there's no surgery. I mean, there's no way to just. I mean, not that, not that I'm aware of, because usually these these cancers can be very aggressive. You know, any type of a carcinoma is kind of bad news. Um, you know, it's the same type of cancer that they can get in anal glands. You know, anal gland, you know, adenocarcinoma, things like that. Um, they're they're just they're not they're not tumors that, at least in my experience. I have not heard of people going in to surgically remove, you know, the, the nasal mass. Um, anal gland masses, absolutely, if they're small enough, you can. Um, but carcinomas can be pretty nasty. And so that's usually why radiation is the, at least in my experience, knowledge of the treatment of choice. Okay. Yeah. I just thought that was just a really hard thing to yeah. hear, you know, for, for an owner. That that's just, it'd be so much simpler if... It was just something that was stuck in there, and they could just pull it out and treat with antibiotics in case it was infected. Um, I know. But, um, but yeah, so that was just a really hard thing to hear. And I know I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm still pretending that that's not really serious yet because I don't want to go down that sad path yet. And it doesn't mean yeah. something is going to turn for the worse soon. I mean, it could it could be quite a while, and who knows what the treatment options you know they'll they'll decide to do, but. But yeah, so um, so if there's anything, pet appreciators, extra sneezing and anything kind of consistently mucusy, uh, especially blood coming out of their nose, um, that's a sign. Go to the vet, check it out, um, and yep. yeah, and find out what's going on there. So hopefully something simple. But again, we know that it can run the run a long line of what it could be. So. But anyways, uh, thank you, Dr. Nicole, for, for all your expertise. We really appreciate that here on the Pet Connection Show. Thank you, Sam, for joining in. We appreciate that, too. Pet appreciators, the Pet Connection Show is winding down here for another Sunday. Uh, hot out there today. Please do everything you can to keep your dog safe. Limit the amount of activity outside, too. Just a few minutes, I would think. Um, and uh, stay safe, everybody. Have a really great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.